What's up, everybody? My name is Adam, and I'm the host of the You Know Adam Same podcast, the show that is dedicated on bringing on passionate people, learning about their stories, and delivering value to entrepreneurs. So if that's what you're interested in, go ahead and follow, like, and subscribe. You know what I'm saying? How's it going, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the You Know Adam Same podcast, where you get to know just a little bit more about people, passions, and all things business. Today, sitting across the way, I have Mr. Patrick. Whoa, welcome to the show. Always a pleasure to be here, welcome Adam. Welcome back to the show, actually. Yeah, uh, it's surprising. I, I got invited from since last time. Patrick, uh, it's been a joy getting to know you. Uh, and we're kind of like learning about each other. Uh, but this topic came up, and I, I think this potentially could be a, a series that we work on mm. uh, because this is a very important topic. Mm. And it centers around this topic of succession. Mm. Um, and so for the viewers out there, uh, the entrepreneurs, the business people, um, tell us a little bit about what succession is. Okay. Well, succession really is the transition of a business really to that next step, that next stage of its livelihood. Uh, we, we see a lot or we hear a lot of it is these multi-generational businesses. And unfortunately or fortunately, um, Adam, what we've really seen over the last few years is it's happening less and less. Mm. And one of the things that I, uh, I ran into this with my own self, and you and I got to talk a little bit about this, is the transition from my father who ran his business, which was, which was an insurance agency that I took over. When, and I took over that from him when I was 25 years old. Mm. And so I've had experience with this, what they call transition, but the terminology they use is called succession or succeeding after the next, the last person. We hear it not only in business in regard from, from one generation to the next in regard to small business, but we hear it in leaderships within larger corporations where we have a successor mm -hmm. or someone succeeding, maybe from, you know, like the successor of, uh, of a large corporation, someone taking over from them. So it's, it's a relatively broad topic, but the topic that really is near and dear to my heart and one that there's a lot of, there's a big change going on currently in demographics. And you and I talked a little bit about this, but the one that's really near and dear to my heart is succession within a small business or family business. Uh, operation, and and you know I, I I put my ear to the ground um, with a lot of kind of business podcast mm -hmm. and uh, business content out there, and this was one area that I actually don't really see that often. There there are a few things about you know business brokers of you know selling the business and that sort of thing, but mm -hmm. I think that there's this huge gap uh, in the marketplace right now of people discussing the topic of how do you transition? How do you set up, you know, the next in line for success? Uh, there's a statistic out there and, you know, I don't actually know the numbers of the st statistic, but, you know, uh, any type of uh, family wealth usually is uh, all gone by, you know, the, the third or fourth generation because of that inability to properly prepare that next person to take over. Um, and so, like, this is a, a topic that I'm, I'm really fascinated about. Uh, so let's kind of, like, dig in. Um, tell us a little bit about your background um, with succeeding uh, your family business. Okay. Well, I'll share a little bit about um, my background. So I took over the business when I was 25 years old. And, I'll, and we write a little bit about this in my book, the upcoming book that's coming out. And one of the biggest challenges in taking over a business 
for the first time is having um, your predecessor, because a lot of times you, it's good to have a mentor or predecessor there for you as you transition the business, someone who can show you the ropes, someone can, who can teach you what's going on, introduce clients, be there for the suppliers or the vendors and such. The challenge is though, Adam, um, the the benefits of having that person can sometimes end up being a detriment as well. And I'm going to share a little, um, one story because it's really better to to look at to, to understand stories than than like kind of the the, the information behind it. Um, I, I remember one time uh, it was really it was probably around I'm thinking about Thanksgiving, and I had made a decision, a personnel decision of. Uh, realigning the organizational person, the realigning the organization and the personnel in the organization to be more functionally oriented, um, get, getting away from like doing um, specific tasks. I wanted to, I'm sorry, to be more cross-functionally oriented so they could do multiple tasks instead of just very specific tasks. And so we had a long discussion about this and um, we had, of course, some dissenters, people who were unhappy because they'd have to learn something, right, um, or have to transition. And I remember um, closing my door and then going sit, sit down. And um, my door and the hallway next door where my father was staying, because my father, we gave him an office next door, um, there's a hallway that goes past my door into his office. And about five minutes later, I could almost count it. You could hear these little footsteps. And then because my dad always left his door open, you hear the little um, you know, little talking, quack, 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 back and forth, back and forth. So I sat there, I said, wow, that's really interesting, right? And of course, about 20 minutes later, guess who came knocking on my door? It's my father. Mm. He sat down. In a very thoughtful manner, and he's a, he's a very kind and generous person, and explained to me in a very nice way to to his dutiful son the mis, the the challenges of what I was suggesting, right? Mm. And he had heard it, mm -hmm. right? And he was just chiming in with his viewpoint, right? Now the challenge is I don't mind this happening from time to time, but basically any time after this. Someone had a dissenting view. The door would close. Five minutes later, you hear the little steps. And then 20 minutes later, <laughs> there would be a knock on my door. So what, what type of changes, like any type of change? Anything that was disruptive. Mm. Anything that was away from what people wanted to do. Um, and and I can understand because a lot of them, I was much younger than them. Sure. And a lot of them had to be, very frankly, set in their ways. They were hired with, for one uh, job, had been doing that job for maybe, in many cases, five, six years. Mm -hmm. And to institute something new or ask them to, you know, to kind of change or modify behavior, I mean, it's understandable. Don't get me wrong. I mean, the challenge, like, it's 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 hard. Like when you're younger, you want to you kind of want to take broad strokes. You want to like jump ahead, sure. right? Because you see everyone else doing that, and you want to do that as well, right? And so instituting like we institute computers. Like believe it or not, this is back when computers were starting to be kind of like more involved in, in all the processing. And you can imagine insurance not having computers. We were still doing stuff by file, right? 
and having everyone learn computers how to use them for some people that was a very big task and and so you for example this computer kind of like change mm. caused those same footsteps to happen and then 20 minutes later you would have that discussion yes now the discussion itself was it proactive was it not proactive how did those discuss discussions go my father was always a very um understanding man he was not one to institute his, institute his viewpoint but at the same time you know um he's a gentleman that uh you know i respect and re i have reverence to my father mm -hmm. so um and at that time because i didn't have i only worked on wall street i didn't really have a lot of business experience i kind of took that as kind of the word you know like i'm like i'm missing something and the challenge that happens and i'll be very frank with you uh, adam is when you when you start listening to someone more than start and stop listening to yourself mm. That's when there really gets to be an issue because then you feel like, and I'm saying feel because you really do start to feel like you're being crowded out, mm. right? That who you are as an individual, the the value that you bring to an organization, is is being um, put away, uh, either because of of reverence for someone you have, or because other people who have um, conflicting goals of, of what needs to be done, and the challenge is that. Um, there came to be a point where I, I, I started to feel that the organization wasn't even mine anymore. Mm -hmm. It was either the employees who were acting kind of, you know, in the background um, and not directly coming to me and discussing this with me or and or my father who would even, he was just acting in a very nice way. Why was that never discussed? Why, well, like, you know, in the discussions with your, your mm -hmm. father, I mean, what m makes sense to me and potentially it was done is like, hey, like, you know, how, why are they going to you? Like, why can't these people like speak with you directly about the issues that they had? Mm -hmm. I, to be, to be honest with you, I, at that time, I couldn't really tell you, mm -hmm. you know, I think a, a lot of it was the age difference. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, I'm clearly sure that's, that was the issue. Um, I, in the organization, uh, I was very well known for sales, mm -hmm. but not necessarily for management, mm -hmm. right? So I think they, to, to, if I were to be reflective and look at it, it's probably didn't trust that if they sat down and talked with me, that I would have listened, right? Um, I think when you're younger, uh, and it was my first uh, company, you have a, um, linear approach, or at least I had a much more myopic or linear, linear approach, like we need to do something and it needs to get done um, versus how do we get everyone on board and how do we, how do we work through this, mm -hmm. right? And that's something that I, I believe comes with time, you know. Um, in the upcoming book that, that I'm releasing, um, and because I've talked to a lot of different uh, people who have done succession, and luckily a lot of them are smarter and more experienced than me. Um, one of the areas we do address is getting to know people, mm -hmm. you know, not just to think about the job, not just to think about what you do, but getting to know people as individuals, mm -hmm. getting to understand them and understand that in everyone, 
and the roles that they have, they are humans too. They have lives too, right? And by understanding their challenges, their problems, you open up that doorway for them to want to understand your problems 100%. and your challenges. And that's one of the reasons why I'm writing this book is so like people don't have to go through the, the, cha- the, the path that I went through, that there is some framework of understanding of behavior, some framework of understanding of, of people, some framework of understanding traditions. Um, there, is a, there is a lot of, there are books out there on business brokers, how to sell your business. There are books out there that deal directly about uh, estate planning. And there are books even about like, how to transfer your business and how to how to you know create an idea, how to create a platform. But there's really no um, text out there. There's really no talking about behavior, talking about traditions, talking about getting to know people, right? And helping younger people, helping that younger generation transcend and be able to really take the organization to the next level very early on instead of going through all the pains and, and challenges that I had. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in, in this story, uh, I think I might have kind of like directed you, but mm-hmm. uh, there is a point, point, part of this story that it becomes really interesting because it seems as if, you know, um, working with your father became a huge challenge, right? Mm-hmm. Like being be, having him still a part of the organization was extremely challenging. So, how did you eventually resolve that point? That's a great question, and um, I I think I resolved it the one way I could. And in fact, that's one of the things that really, really discuss. And I think it's the thing that in all um, all organizations, maybe not all organizations, but in most, I call the chapter "Kill the Boss." Okay. Right? Um, and it's, it's kind of a, you know, it kind of just shocking title, but the reality is in, in order for you really to transcend, in order for you to really be free to do the things you knew, you almost have to kill the boss, mm. the, the previous boss, right? Not clearly not the person running it, but the previous boss. So they can, so, so people can let go of that, right? Now the challenge with that. When you do that, when you kill the boss, when you, um, and un- unfortunately, I had to actually fire my father mm. right before Christmas. Mm. And you and I talked about that, that, of course, didn't set up things very well. But the, the challenge is, is by, by doing that activity, you'll lose people. You'll lose clients. You'll lose suppliers. Um, you'll even lose an employee. But it sets up the groundwork for your own leadership style. It sets up the groundwork for your own be able to move forward. It sets up your ability to say, now it's up to me from this point on. Mm. And where you take the ship, how you go, it's, it's up to you from that point on. You have the freedom, you have the experience, you have the passion to do what you want. Um, it does it doesn't mean you have to not listen to people. It doesn't mean you don't have to, and luckily my father finally did come back and start talking to me again. Was it rough? It was not easy, let's say that. <laughs> but the reality is, is it, it sets up that framework for you really to be the head of the ship, right? And eventually, as long as you're kind and considerate and thoughtful, 
to lead that ship. And, you know, that's one of the things that my father did give me that I absolutely appreciate is that kindness and generosity that he taught me at a young age. And and that's one thing that of I really do I really do love to lead. I really do love to be out there for my people. I love to be out there for my organization. The challenge is when it's not you, when it's someone, for lack of a better word, a pupper master, you know, pulling the strings behind you, or when you feel like many people trapped in a cage and they're trying to be themselves, but within this organization that's someone's else. I I I, I really feel for them. Mm. And so, for lack of a better word, killing the boss. Right, killing the, the the past image of the boss. We'll say it that way. It really is freeing, and it allows you to to blaze the trails that you need to do, and allows you to make the mistakes, but they're your mistakes to make, and that's a really beautiful thing as a human being. I I want to draw a few comparisons and some things that are popping in my mind as we're talking about this mm-hmm. story. Uh, there's this common phrase that is used uh too many cooks in the kitchen yes right when there's too many cooks in the kitchen there's not a singular way to do something and so you're always stepping all over each other like the vision isn't clear Mm. being able to uh move away from that and have somebody stand up i think is the key Mm. now you the the interesting part of this is after you kill the boss that to me is really the next part of entrepreneurship entrepreneurship that is so exciting. Mm. And the other thing that it brought up was you live and die by your own sword, right? To me, I think entrepreneurship can be summed up by that. Yeah. Meaning that the freeing aspect of it, because the choices that you're making have a direct impact on everything else, right? And an entrepreneur can only grow if they're really kind of like allowed to do that. Mm. However, one of the questions I would ask, and this is just from kind of like, you know, looking back on it, Mm. was there any way that that moment could have happened without you having to fire your father? I think that's a very hard question to answer because it's looking back and um, very situational. Mm. I think... um, Somewhere along the line in any organization, multi-generational organization, somewhere along the line, the buyer, the, the previous boss needs to be fired mm-hmm. um, or retired, let's say it mm-hmm. that way. Without it, I, I think it's very challenging for the organization, for the leadership to really come in, let's say come into themselves. Mm-hmm. Um there have been, and I know there are people out there, I'm sure the people in your audience who've, who've experienced the ability that the previous leader has allowed themselves to stay away, basically said, I'm not returning any phone calls anymore. I'm done. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to those type of people who are, have the ability to walk away and say, no mas, you know, no more. Um, and if you want to, if you want help, right? I'll, I'll help you. But the challenge, I think, for a lot of business owners is when they hand over the company, they're so invested, not necessarily monetarily, but in their identity. 
mm. of who they are. So letting that identity go is like letting a part of themselves go. You know, just imagine the things that make yourself up, right? Make up who you are as a personality, like you own restaurants. If those restaurants were to go, and I'm not meaning this, okay, but if one of them were to go bad, let's say go sure. bad, right? That you would take a financial hit, but really the hit that a lot of people that hurt entrepreneurs is the emotional hit of identity that didn't work and how people see them. Yeah, I, I wanna kinda like provide another viewpoint here because oftentimes the success of that organization is due to the fact that they, it's so tied in with who they are, right? Because you have to fight for that. It, it's like, whether it is to show face or whatever it is, it's like, you know, I'm pushing because this is something that I believe in. Yes. So to have something like that, like as that transition and be able, like, just like simply step away, I think that's, that's tough. That is not easy at all. Very tough. Very tough. Uh, how would you suggest then, right? Because obviously, you know, we don't want to all just go into like the, the the business and you know just fire fire with like you know fire the the your success like mm. successy. What would that be? Successy. Successy. Yeah. Right. What is the best way to do that? Is that a conversation? Is that like you know? just the way that you feel is it like hey like you know do you, if you if you feel like you have the reins of the mm -hmm. you know ship like do you then kind of like take that next step that 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 transition has happened or mm -hmm. how do how does one feel that well one of the things i do um and I, i've been starting to do this is have a thing i call scenarios um because the, the, the previous success C and, and the new successor, um, they need to start visualizing what it is is when they leave. Mm. How it's going to affect the clients, how it's going to affect key people, and not only give them scenarios like that, but what if a, a key employee leaves? What's going to happen? Mm. Um, what if a key lender refuses to deal with the new owner and only deals with the previous owner? Mm -hmm. To start having those discussions early and to start visualizing how do we handle these? Start discussion, like mm -hmm. you said. I think by, and I have a, um, a list of these scenarios that I run people through and I have the Sexy and Sexor both do it separately. And then bring it together and then discuss what's the differences, why, how would I do it? Because they can start visualizing those inevitable situations that you're going to lose clients. You're going to, you're going to probably have to change your lending partner. You're probably going to lose, um, you're probably going to have to change some roles or maybe even lose some employees, right? Because they are so tied to that previous owner, that previous administration. But we have to start though, like you said, we have to start those conversations. That's really at the beginning. And you and one of the ways of having to start those conversations is creating I almost like a game, like scenarios, right? What happens when happens this? What happens with that? And then sharing each other's viewpoints. So you can understand like 
why the old sixer was reacting the way he is and how he would react. And you would start understanding why you would react, how you would feel. Mm. And opening up those conversations so when it does happen, you're prepared. Mm. When it does happen, you've had that dialogue already to handle that problem. Mm -hmm. And I think by creating this scenarios, it's almost a little game that I have. It's it's really cool way to open up, deal with those challenges that are going to happen with succession, but deal with it in a way that you can share, appreciate each other, and understand the po the, the problems and possibilities that can happen together, together, instead of just killing the boss. I think killing the boss is a good flashy title, but the reality is you can see from my conversation is working together, discussing, creating scenarios, creating opportunities for discussion is really a powerful methodology of changing and succeeding to the next level. It sounds like, you know, we, we wish we had these methodologies way back when, uh, back in the day. And I think that that's what's powerful about, you know, this this book that you're writing is it's going to offer these tactics and strategies to maybe help alleviate some of those situations that have happened before, right? Um, talk to me about kind of the moment, right? Because this, I'm sure like this is something that, uh, was an extremely uh, stressful time in your life of mm -hmm. picking up that phone and making the call to say, hey, look, like, you know, this is not working. Mm -hmm. Was there something that had triggered that, that allowed to get you to that point? Or what kind of like led up to the point of you, you know, calling your father and saying, hey, we're done? Mm. Uh, to be frank, I, I, I can't remember. <laughs> That's the beauty sometimes of, <laughs> of old age. You forget the things you probably want to forget. Sure, right? sure. Um, I just know that it happened, and I know it was um, it was a sad point in my life. Uh, I know that um, you know it took a lot of uh, a lot of people will probably may not um, see it this way, but it took a lot of courage because I, I love I love the man. Mm. Um, but you know, somewhere along the line, I, I didn't, I, I, I couldn't understand or couldn't see, um, a healthy way of moving forward. Mm -hmm. And I didn't, um, I didn't have any tools to help me move forward in a way that would appreciate both of, of the things that he did and, uh, appreciate what I bring. Mm -hmm. And so, um. I think that it was just things had built up to a period of time in an unhealthy way. And it, it ended up being the only, uh, what I felt mm -hmm. to be the only choice. Mm -hmm. um, looking back hindsight, clearly there's a lot of other choices sure. that could have been done. Um, but I just was uh, too young and yeah. um, probably uh, too, in too inexperienced. Mm -hmm. So. Uh, so let's talk about, you know, you mentioned that he eventually got to the point where he decided to repair that relationship. Mm -hmm. How challenging was that to get to that point? I don't know. I can't really speak from his side because that was really his, but I was, um, I was very honored that mm. he would do that. Um, I don't know if I would have done that. <laughs> okay. I don't know if that speaks well of me. 
But he, he was a much more honorable and um, forgiving man than I am. Um, I think he, I think he saw it that it was um, that probably I wasn't going to do it. Right? Mm. Uh, and at the same time, I think he was a he was a very courageous man. So, I'll we'll just leave it at that. Got you. Um, you know, for these companies out there, mm. you know, that are are starting to transition, that are starting to kind of like think about this step. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, in your book, you're going to lay out kind of like all these uh, different uh, like strategies mm-hmm. to make sure that that process is, you know, done. Mm-hmm. When is it too early? Or if is there a point that's ever too early in the life cycle of a business to start thinking about this topic. Um, one of the things I point out in the book is uh, there's a thing. One of the gentlemen uh, at their company does. They have a tradition, a family tradition that they do, and it's more of a company tradition than a family tradition, if I might say, because they uh, they include uh, people um, when, when they initially started. Let me take a step back. When they st- when initially started this tradition, it was a family tradition because the business was very small and only family members were in the business. Mm-hmm. And this tradition, which is actually eating out um, on uh, Saturday night, they get the entire company um, to have dinner with all the generations. So oh, the man. grandfather, the father, everyone is at the, the table. And they do it today, even now, they have a very large, the uh, a very large company now, a very large restaurant in in Houston, and they must have I think eighty employees, and they have a giant table. That's awesome. And everyone eats at the table. Yeah. And there's some hierarchy um, where some of the people where they sit, sit. and, and yeah, such, yeah, yeah. so they can say, well, I want to, I want to eventually get up the table, you know. Yeah. Um, but everyone looks forward to the family, to the company tradition of sitting down at the table and having a meal with the entire company. Mm-hmm. And so what's one of the things that I started to see is one of the successful things that um, these companies that are that do well in multi-generational or do well in transitioning the company is they set up early, going back to your point, these these corporate or family traditions, they're they're ingrained into the organization. Uh, I tried to do one of these before I eventually, I did eventually sell uh, Woke Insurance, mm-hmm. um, but I tried to do uh, one of these type of events. And I didn't know it at the time, but I did it just kind of more of like a PR. And, and it was like a Thanksgiving meal. So what I did is a week before Thanksgiving, I would have, I get together with all my clients, all of our extended family and all of our employees and We'd give a, we'd have prizes and we'd get together and, and and it was just a way of giving thanks to all the clients and giving thanks to the employees, and um, I think if I was still doing the agency and if I still was that would have been something that I would have loved to continue because what it does is it's 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 less about building PR and less of like nowadays people say, oh that's a PR stunt and no it to me it's about being genuine mm. that I really do care. I really do care about the employees. I really do care about you, the client. I really do care about my vendors. Um, and this is a way I can give back in a very small space. And 
I don't want to give, you have to have a commitment like say, I don't want to give this up. Mm-hmm. But to me, this once a year getting together is about creating a community, creating a family, creating something. And that's something I think any business owner out there, no matter where you're at in your cycle, mm. you can create these Thanksgiving moments. Moments. You can create these family dinners or these company dinners at the at the table. Anyone can do it. It doesn't have to be a meal. It doesn't have to be a get together. It could be a baseball game. I I I really encourage anyone to really go out and create even if it's just a family tradition that becomes a company tradition, but create a tradition within your company that can transition your leadership, mm. that can transition your time, that people say, this is a part of who I am. This is a part of what we are. This is a commitment I'm not willing to break. Mm-hmm. And I think that is a, is a beautiful thing that anyone can make. And I think a company, an organization, is, a, is one of the few places that I see that you can do this and it makes it builds it grows the identity. Mm. It makes it deeper. It makes it more genuine. And, and that's why I really I love creating these type of events, these type of uh, of, of traditions. That's awesome. When's the book coming out? Well, my publisher, hey. AKA, um, is still is still in review. Oh yeah. So, but we're we're looking to probably get have it done by the end of the year. Yes. Got you. Awesome. Uh, how do people get in contact with you? Please contact me at, I'll give you my Gmail address. It's Patrick, P-A-T-R-I-C-K, period, W-O-O-C-K, at gmail.com. If you have any questions about succession, you want me to come out and, and meet with your team, meet with uh, your organization, or if you just you know have some problems you just want to chat about, get, drop me a line. I'm more than happy to do a Zoom call, phone call. To me, this, this topic about helping the next generation, it's not about business. It's not about a book. It's about who I am. Mm. It's about doing something beautiful and helping your organization, helping your family, helping, your, helping our community become stronger and better. Patrick, thank you so much for your time. Um, super fascinated about kind of like the experiences that you've gone through. And I think what's most important here is that your willingness to provide a source of knowledge Mm. for those people that are, that may or may not are going through the exact same that thing that you went through. Mm. Right. Because obviously this was a very like tension filled point in your life where like it's not, it's not something that, uh, is easy to do and you you unfortunately had to do it hmm. but maybe with these resources with the book that you have coming out with you know people reaching out to you you can help prevent a situation like your own thank you thank you uh, thank you awesome appreciate it man that is the show 